All right, welcome to Comic Chat number 25. I'm your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a nine-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and I'm originally from the Compton, California area. I don't even know why I said area. <laughs> Today's date is uh, April the 12th, 2021, and it is Monday. Uh, just want to say I love each and every one of you listening to this uh, recording. And uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And also on this fine streaming platform right here, Anchor. So, um, yeah, uh, I am tremendously happy and tremendously grateful now that uh, I have you guys listening to my show. And um, thank you for being in a, a faithful audience and uh, listening to me. But before I get too deep in the show... We have some sad uh, news. Beloved rap artists from the uh, 90s and early to late 90s, early 2000. Uh, DMX passed away on, uh, well, he had been gone for a few days. I say he'd been gone since like Wednesday when they originally announced that. He overdosed off crack cocaine, and um, they just kept him on life support for a week, and uh, they pulled pulled the plug on uh, Friday, I think, and he is now uh, at a higher spiritual perception. I I really, um, it's just shocking, you know, not really, but, you know, it's just fucked up. Moment of silence for uh, DMX. All right. Yep, DMX, man. I mean, I can't really say that I was a fan. I mean, I like a few songs of his, but I wasn't really a fan. I had, um, my best friend in high school, uh, he loved DMX, though. He listened to at least the first two albums, and he used to listen to it every day. He had a CD player, and it was only one CD in it. He only had one C with, CD with him, and, and, and that was the DMX CD, the, the first one. And, uh, the, the, and then when the second one dropped, he was, like, one of the first people to get it. It was, you know, DMX... I think he was more loved for his character on the mic than his actual skill. I mean, because at the time of Death Jam, it was so many other people that was doping to him, like Red and Math and uh, pretty much everybody. Else. No, I can't say that. Fucking LL was still rocking it. Like people, there were Jay Z. Even though I don't think that Jay Z is that great either, you know. So he was just a part of a. A really fun time in music and he was a great character and uh one thing i can say that i did love about dmx that when you did see a uh, performance by him he was pouring sweat and he was full of energy and i i know most people probably don't even think about it but he probably was just cracked the fuck out but 
he was to be that uh, present while on crack cocaine is amazing because he used to sell out. So that means people was paying to see him. So the show couldn't be that bad, even though he was probably going 155 miles per hour in his own mind. But uh, yeah, DMX was a, it was a great character. I mean, I guess he spoke for all of the angst that uh, a lot of us had, like a lot of us my age, around like 38, you know, we were in high school and I think he represented a lot of the teenage angst of that time. So I think that's another thing that made him a uh, a great uh, artist in our eyes. And uh, I just think that he was a really, uh, a really underrated actor, even though it was kind of pretty much the same role every time. He was just a, a really good dark figure on screen. And people, I mean, based on some of the other rappers, every every rapper is is like a good guy or a, known for being like an action hero or something like that. Like DMX to embrace his villainous uh, persona as a hip hop artist and transfer that to the, the the movie screen. I think that that was like the most uh, endearing quality about the entertainer known as DMX. It was, um, he was a very, um, very fun person to watch. And plus, I have a lot of friends that have pictures with them. And, uh, he just was really a man of the people, it seems. Because I have a lot of friends that have pictures with him. I mean, white people out here in Arizona, people back in Compton that I know, they have pictures. He was with, you know, the people. You, you don't see Lil Wayne with the people like that. Like, you don't see Jay-Z with the people like that. You didn't see crazy Kanye with the people like that unless they trying to make some money. But DMX was just in the hood with motherfuckers. And, and he always, like, he always kept it real. And that's what I liked about him, too. He always kept it real, even though he was, um, he was a substance abuser. He kept it real about it. But that's just how he was a Sagittarius. And that's how Sagittarius are. Because Richard Pryor was the same way. And Red Fox too. I mean, just straight up blunt. My mom's a Sagittarius. It's pretty much why uh, I'm kind of blunt when I'm on stage. And I'll say things that otherwise people, uh, that people think that I shouldn't. But sometimes some things need to be said. And I don't think the truth is ever wrong. Even if it's aimed at you. So, um... Rest in peace, DMX, man. That was a rough ride you gave us. And I'm not going to bark or nothing like that because that's not how I I think of you. I don't think of you as this dog character. I respect you as a a man because you always kept it real. You always uh, had the deepest prayers on your albums. And you was a a big nigga that wasn't afraid to cry like a buff-ass dude. That wasn't afraid to shed tears. Like, in front of motherfuckers. He didn't have shades on. Or he didn't say, oh man, I got something in my eye. And walk backstage. Nah, he just cried right in front of us like a bitch. And and you can't say any of these other rappers has done that or been that real. So DMX, you'll be missed. Sorry you had to go out the way you did, but... 
there's countless white artists that go out the same way, but of course when we do it, it's like darker because we're supposed to be stronger than, than drugs and alcohol and substance abuse. But we never know what's going on in anyone's mind. And that's really what it is, is an internal battle that uh, came to a, a, a tragic end for a good person. But uh, yeah, I'm really talking about DMX, man. I didn't really know that he meant that much to me until uh, right now because I don't really pay attention to life because I'm always living, so... I'm not really paying attention to other people's careers or what they're doing because I'm always focused on trying to get myself in a position to where I can pay attention to other people's careers and I can have a, a profitable and uh, prosperous career myself. So, um, yeah, I got kind of just got a little touched up by uh, talk, just talking about DMX right now. It was uh, it's crazy. But uh, I'm going to start this show. I know I've been talking for like 10 minutes on DMX. So it's, it's like the show's been started. But I've been having like some, some rough weeks because I've just been in a, in a rough little patch of writer's block that I'm coming, that's coming to an end pretty soon. I can feel it. I'm going to have that next pop joke that that's just getting applause breaks every time I tell it but right now I'm just writing a whole bunch of crap I know I said that last week so you know it's really uh, fucking with me but my first topic of today is uh, comics I mean we just I don't know where this entitlement come from with comics like, especially like young comics, comics that have been ain't even been doing it a year yet. They feel like people should be in the audience for them, and then they don't even know where they're going. They're telling like jokey jokes and acting like they're they're like brilliant. I mean, I know that I had a uh, somewhat of well, not really. I had a little bit of a big head because laughs would not let you get a big head because you was bombing in Tucson period back in 2011. You was getting a healthy dose of bombs if you didn't know how to do stand-up in Tucson. And when I started out, I was eating a lot, a lot of shit. It was, oh, man, I would get spotty sets and be like, man, that was good. (laughs) But looking back, because I have a, if you want to see young, uh, Young Glendon McGee on stage in Tucson. They have a lot of sets on YouTube. Uh, Glendon McGee stand-up. You can just put that in the keywords and they'll pop right up. And you, It's a couple bombs in there and it's like a lot of inexperienced stuff. I did like a public access TV appearance. It was I was all nervous. I didn't even know how to uh, stand on the mark. I was, uh, what it was is I... Uh, I started pacing earlier that week, and I didn't know that I was going to have to stand on the mark when I did a, the TV show. So I started pacing, and the camera had to keep following me. But then I rem- I saw him moving the camera and thought to myself, maybe this won't be good for them to air. So I ended up standing 
uh, on the market and doing my set. It was a it was a fun set, and I had a fun inter- interview after. That's uh, on YouTube too. You can see that and go look at that. I'm kind of embarrassed about it now because uh, I feel like I'm nine years in now. I'm a big boy now. I can't be looking at that baby stuff. So, <laughs> oh. If you hear like a lot of tenseness in my voice about trying to promote that old stuff, it's because I'm not a fan of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I was talking about that to, to bring up this. Like being a comic doesn't mean like you have free licensing to be an asshole. Because I noticed a lot at a lot of open mics, man, we don't even we don't respect the venue. Uh, we we really don't respect each other. Uh, we don't respect the list. You got people calling in, getting their name on the list, so they can decide if they want to go and mic. I, I don't know, man. Maybe this is me. I think that you should just show up and be able to sign up. I don't think people should be able to call in, and then when. When they get tired of seeing certain people, you have these bucket mics that is that polit- like politicized stand-up. <laughs> you can you can weed out the people you hate by just putting a bunch of names in a bucket and picking the ones you like and shit like that. But and we feel like we have this entitlement just because we tell some dick jokes in front of some drunken people it's not even it's volunteer work and we trying to have a place for our ego in it and that's what baffles me about stand-up and about comics thinking that just because they can get on stage for five minutes and halfway hold the crowd they they got the licensing to just disrespect the shit out of people even if you funny you don't have the the, the right to disrespect anyone. That's the problem with today world. Everybody disrespecting everybody but won't respect. Like how we gonna get respect if we ain't willing to give it and everybody's a big boss and everybody's underneath everybody. It, it just don't make any sense. And it's it's frustrating to uh live in a society where we're so careless of one another. It's like we we all don't see anyone but ourselves, and it's uh, it's just crazy. Like the way we live now, I know I sound old now because I was at a show on Friday at Smooth Brew, and uh, one uh, older comic, older than me, he was uh, talking about how he finds it weird that people eat ass, and they damn near booed this man out the establishment because he wasn't down with putting his face in somebody's ass crack. Like, that, I mean, come on. And then he made a point where, you know, you could get E. coli because I don't care. I've said this on stage before. I don't care, like, how clean a motherfucker say they ass is. It's, it's no such thing as a clean ass because it's a trash can for the body all it does is deal with waste. So if you're putting your mouth in somebody's ass, you eating shit. Just plain and simple like that. You're a shit-eating basket if you, if you eating ass. And, and, and the fact that, that he was looked upon like, like some type of uh, heathen because 
he didn't believe in this weird ass form of affection, if you want to call it that. I just think it's two people who don't got no self-esteem because for you to want to put your fucking face in somebody's ass, that's a humongous disrespect to yourself. That is like lowering yourself to a, a dog because that's how dogs uh, sense attraction sniffing each other's ass, but they don't even eat each other's ass. They put the nose in there. They don't fucking just be diving in with the tongue, trying to munch on the, like, I don't, I don't know, man. That's just, it's just weird. It's just weird. Like, my point was like, well, when did this become okay? And, and why is everything such a, a mob mentality like, a person cannot think for their own, like, self. They can't have their own belief. They can't have their own separate uh, mind from everybody else without people wanting to get pitchforks and fucking torches and, and mob up. Because just because this person don't agree with this backwards lifestyle that we live. I don't understand how we could take pride in a lifestyle that's so fucking confusing. We got like a hundred different made-up genders now that we all adhere to. The gay people are trying to take the whole damn alphabet and nobody saying shit. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if this is a funny joke, but if they're going to have the, the Q, then shouldn't they automatically be forced to take the U because uh, Q and U are always together. So I guess, you know, LGBTQU. That's what it should be. I think I, I think I have a valid point, but <laughs> yeah. And, and and that wasn't like a, a slander, I hope, to the gay community. I have no problem with gay people. It's just uh, y'all get a lot of respect and then y'all get to start acting like assholes to, to, to straight people. Like, like we wasn't the thing once. Like, <laughs> okay, we might be the old model of human being and you might be the new trendy thing, but... Have some respect. Because if it wasn't for straight... If it wasn't for you having straight adventures... You probably would have never been gay. <laughs> I'm not... Not holding back here. But... Um, the next topic I'm going to talk about is... Uh, don't burden others with... Your life. I see a lot of people... On Facebook... And in uh, real life... When you talk to people... They're always talking about how somebody else let them down or how they can't, when when they call on somebody, nobody's ever there. And the thing is, they're not even supposed to be. Nobody's supposed to be there for you. This is your life. That's why we have a creative source. If you need help, you're supposed to go to that. But they're trying to uh, whittle down our belief in that to the point to where we worship in ourselves. That we we don't even we don't even consider the spirit. We just uh, walk in flesh, and we don't know how we got here. Some European uh, made-up fairy tale will be our origin instead of you know a creative source creating all of this, including humans and animals and trees and all the stuff that we enjoy. It, it's just gonna be some white dude said this happened, and we all believe it. 
because white people are so superior to to everyone. <laughs> but it's just you know, don't burden people with your life, man, because they don't even know how to handle their own shit. So if they give you advice, you should be you should consider yourself lucky and you should be grateful because most people don't know how to handle their own shit. So if they take time out of their complicated shit to to try to at least help you with with your shit, you should at least be grateful enough to be like, all right, man, thanks. Don't get mad at them if what if you listen to them and it didn't work because they don't know your life. <laughs> They, they don't know your life. They're not going through the same problems. They don't even know the same people. You know, y'all only in each other's life from the time y'all in each other's presence. After you say, all right, man, stay up. You don't know what that motherfucker's doing. And he don't know what you're doing unless y'all call each other and talk. But, you know, that's why we should have more, uh, more respect for each other, man. Which that whole angry mob thing is just... It's weird. Just, you got to believe what everybody else believe, or you should be exiled. It's like real primitive thinking, but we, we talking about this is the most advanced age in humanity. Because we got a bunch of computers doing everything. We ain't doing nothing for ourselves. If all these computers just decided to shut down, and, and then all the, the grocery stores was like, we're not selling food to anybody. We would all die. A few of us who use the internet or use this technology for what it's supposed to be used for, which is gaining knowledge uh, and trying to improve your life, not, you know, popularity and distractions and putting people down for the sake of trying to find an identity at 45 on a computer program. It's, they would probably have their own gardens and be able to grow their own food and make, you know, a lot of... of uh, have a lot of prosperity because of the knowledge that they took the time to gain uh, during this time of technology. But we just seem very weak and emotional and entitled and uh, bitter. Like everybody has this uh, this uh, dark perception of, of life. And I can't say, I'm not talking like I'm outside of it because... I, I used to have it way worse than I, I do now. I st- I'm still a little bit of, of a cynic person. I'm cynical when it comes to world matters because I know that most people don't care about other people and everybody basically living for themselves. But that's why everything's all dark because our perception of the world is like everybody's out to get me. I got to get mine before everybody get there. Or it may not be any more anything for me. And it's... That's not the case. That's just the mentality that you've been conditioned to have by watching TV and and looking up to celebrities and and not paying enough attention to yourself to see how beautiful and powerful that you really are. And uh, then we project it onto other people. And that's why I say don't, uh, don't burden others with your life because their life is probably hard enough especially if they're not telling you their problems and trying to burden you back with their life um be limitless to learning 
Learn all you can. Because that's what the mind is for. We down here not even stimulating our mind. And I was guilty of it until maybe, I want to say last year, I started like reading again. And I really enjoy reading now. I understand why people do it. I used to think that that was just some dumb old people stuff. Oh, this, that's just some old people, old married couples do before bed. They just read. But no, it's actually in a, a pretty decent exercise for your mental muscle called the brain. You know, you learn new words. You may remember some ones that you may forget. And like, I play a lot of word games now because I noticed that I, my, my spelling is kind of shaky. Maybe because I don't, I didn't uh, write enough as far as like writing uh, paragraphs. I just would write jokes, but I wouldn't just sit down and write like I write now every day. I have a journal that I keep. And basically, it's just turning into a manifestation book because all I'm doing is writing my desires in it. But be limitless to learning. Don't say that you know everything because I touched on it in another uh, episode. And when you say I know, you shut your brain off to uh, all knowledge. Because once you say I know, that's what your brain uh, beliefs become. That's what your brain belief becomes. You know, you don't need to learn. So you shut off all learning, all knowledge, all wisdom. Because as you think, you shall be. And if you think you know, then you shall act as if you know, even if you don't. So be limitless to learning. Also, self-reflection is natural medicine. A lot of people look for other people now to tell them the best way to be them. And they don't even know how to navigate their own. Just like I said in the other one about burdening people with your life. Like you asking somebody if you're okay. Every time you post a picture on online, you like, is this cool? Do you like this? Like, why does it matter with a whole bunch of people who don't bother to, to talk to you outside of a computer screen? Think of your life. What, is it, what does it matter? That's uh, Social media is a sign of poor uh, self-image. Because all we do on that thing is ask for approval. Even if it's material, like I do myself, I put material online to see if if I can uh, use it on stage sometimes. It's just me not believing in my own uh, ability to create laughter. I feel like I need a pre uh, a pre statement before I go up, so I'll be more sure of myself because. Six or seven strangers may have laughed, react at a joke that I wrote. So it's just, you know, poor self-image. We just taught that through uh, name brands and different social classes and privilege and non-privilege. All that, it creates that, you know, bad self-image. And bad self-image leads to... Low self-esteem and low self-esteem leads to negative thoughts and negative thoughts 
lead to a negative reality. So that's why you should take the time and really appreciate yourself. Reflect on the positive things you know about yourself. Even if it's that you're a good video game person. Or even if it's like you know how to wash dishes really well. Just just take time to look at the things that you do really well. Because it may be small to you. But I'm pretty sure there's not that many people that are as good as you are at doing it. So take time to reflect upon your your positives. Because we dwell on our negatives a lot. And that's what causes us to not believe in ourselves and settle for things that are below what we consider happiness. So take time and reflect on yourself. Sometimes, you know... That leads right into the last point of this show. Sometimes we are alone so we can learn how to be with ourselves. Because how can you be with another person if you can't even deal with yourself? And that's the whole thing about getting married. I've never been married. I'm hoping to get married. I'm almost 40, so I'm really thinking about it. So, uh... I have to learn how to to be with myself. I have to learn how to be happy with myself before the universe will add someone to my reality. Because if I can't be happy by myself and with myself, then another person is just going to be burdened with the uh, responsibility of trying to carry my happiness, which is impossible because happiness is a choice and it is developed from within you, not from how other people think and feel about you. So sometimes we are alone so that we can learn how to be with ourselves. Because I see a lot of women, they talk about how single they are all the time. And I think that's because of uh, the perpetuation of a woman being over 30 and not married is that being a that's like considered a bad thing and I'm a man but I, I kind of look at the, the world of women it's so much judgment and so many silly ass rules that they they have put on them that create all this uh, crippling insecurity it, it makes them you know Enable, unable, enable, unable to like love themselves to the extent in which they uh, will blossom into the flower that they are because it's so much shit. Your hair, the fucking way you dress, the, you know, your titties, your fucking ass, you know, how you talk, how you walk, can you cook, can you keep a clean house, all this shit. That they have to deal with. And that's probably not even half of it. And then you throw like having a baby out. Having a baby on top of that. And having a period. Where you just got to bleed for a week. Every month. It's just. It's got to be crazy for them. 
But, you know, that's just me trying to understand uh, both sides of this spectrum. But the whole my whole point is to uh, sometimes you got to be alone so that you have to learn how to so that you can learn how to love yourself. So that someone to love can be added onto your reality and then you can live a blissful you know, existence in which you seek. Um, that has been, or this has been Comic Chat number 25. Uh, my Dodgers are 7-2. and two. They lost on opening day and then they dropped one. Uh, the last one against the Oakland Athletics last week. But they, they rebounded against the Washington Nationals, sweeping them at Dodger Stadium to celebrate the 2020 championship ring that they got. So uh, we're well on our way to running it back. We got the pesky Padres this week, and uh, I hope we can sweep them because <laughs> uh, they're, they're trying to start some shit. Congratulations to uh, the San Diego Padres uh, for... Joe Musgrave for throwing the first no-hitter hitter in Padres franchise history and then saying, fuck the Dodgers, uh, as he should. So um, congratulations to him. Uh, this has been Comic Chat number 25. I am your host, Glendon McGee. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at gm3comedy. That's GM3 Comedy. You can also find me on Facebook at Glendon Black McGee. That's S-Y-N-B-L-A-C-K McGee on Facebook. Uh, I'll be at Tempe Tavern tomorrow. Um, El Charo on Wednesday. Um, I think uh, the Revelry on Thursday, maybe. And uh, Saturday night, I'll be at El Charo Hipster. Uh, I'll be featuring for a magnificent band named Hot Toddy. Uh, you can find them on uh, Instagram at Hot Toddy the Band. That's H O T T O T T I E T H E B A N D. Man, <laughs> that was a uh, long, but. They're a fantastic band, and they will be uh, performing at El Charles Hipster on Saturday night. I think tickets tickets are uh, fifteen bucks, um, and it is at eight o'clock. So uh, hopefully we'll see you on Sunday. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this show, and uh, I want to say thank you. I love you. Uh, Stay harmonious. Keep positive thoughts. It lifts your vibration and your vibrations stay raised and good things will be attracted to you because you are a magnet for anything and everything you desire. Peace, love and harmony to all of you. Until next time, be beautiful. I love you and goodbye.